It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Tuesday. Is it Tuesday? Yeah. Welcome in. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. It is Tuesday, October 11th. Happy birthday to my lovely daughter, Macy. Not going to say how old she is today. It just means that I'm old. Uh, she's my baby. She's my youngest. And uh, I hope she has a great day. Hopefully I get to see her. I will see her son and my grandson, Owen. Had him again last night. Watched a, watched a whole lot of YouTube videos. I, I, okay. Where were these videos when my children were young because you can put them on and they'll go four hours and they are mind numbing but man he'll sit there and watch them maybe i'm not being a good grandpa i don't know get out in the yard play a little bit yeah let's just put on youtube and i can uh, put the football game up on my tv and we both are enjoying life but happy birthday macy i love you and uh I i hope you have a great day M&M Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450, 384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation today, Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text into the show at 414-1450. Major League Baseball playoffs continue today. Division series begin. All four in action today. This is If you're a baseball lover, this is the dream day because games start at 107 and they will finish sometime after midnight tonight. Four games in a row. 107, 337, 737-937. You might have a break in between the game two and game three to maybe use the restroom. I don't know. Maybe call your daughter and tell her happy birthday. Whatever you got to do today. Between that 330 game, between Seattle and Houston, and that 730 start. Yankees hosting Cleveland. Maybe you can get some laundry done, throw a load in, go to the bathroom, fix yourself something to eat. I'll be on the on the easy chair all day long today. Have some chips. Maybe uh, maybe get some DoorDash sent over. Some some wings, hot wings, ready to go. But division series start today. Now it's different tomorrow. Tomorrow you only get two games. This is the great day. This is the fun day. This is all day baseball. Tomorrow you got two games. Thursday you got two. Friday you got two. Saturday maybe you've got four, barring a sweep. I don't. I, I think you have four no matter what. Actually, on Saturday, but that interferes with college football. I try not to let anything interfere with college football. I love college football. Now I love the NFL as well, which makes what's going on so difficult to watch right now. Chiefs beat the Raiders last night, 30-29. to I have trouble with analytics. The Chiefs are 4-1, and one, by the way. They're one of the best teams in football. If I, put my, if I put my top four out there, and you may or may not agree, I got to go Buffalo in some order, not necessarily this order, Buffalo, Kansas City, undefeated Philadelphia. And I, this sounds crazy. I'm going to throw San Francisco in there. San Francisco intrigues me. Jimmy Garoppolo is 35 and 15 as a starter. 
yet we don't believe in Jimmy J. And they got Debo Samuel. They got a good defense. Bosa got hurt, but he'll hopefully be back. San Francisco's good. I'm throwing them in the top four. Baltimore's not that far behind, right? They're not. Look, I picked the Chargers and the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, Chargers and the Vikings. Who else had that? Now, I'm not going to be right, but it's not all about being right. It's about saying something controversial. My Vikings are 4-1, and one, by the way, but nobody's taking them seriously. Back to last night. Analytics are a part of the game now. It doesn't matter if it's baseball, basketball, football, hockey. Hockey starts tonight, by the way, NHL. Season openers tonight. But as an old school baseball fan, I like the hit and run. Nobody hit and run, hits and runs anymore. I like the stolen base. Nobody steals bases anymore. They may next year, the bases are becoming bigger. You might have hit and runs next year because there's not a third baseman playing short right field. I love old school baseball. And analytics kill old school baseball. And they're trying to do the same thing to the NFL. I'm watching last night. Josh McDaniel, the head coach of the Raiders, got a little grief this morning, late last night, early this morning, because when the Raiders cut the lead, the Kansas City lead to 30-29, to which would ultimately be the final score, he went for two. The Raiders are the only team in the NFL in the last two years who have not converted a two-point conversion. How's that for a stat? They're the only ones. Why do you go for two? You're on the road. I understand you. Hey, look, analytics tell me go for the win there. Kansas City's going to get the ball back. Patrick Mahomes is going to have plenty of time to take his team down into field goal range. They're going to kick a field goal. Well, if you know that, if they're going to kick a field goal anyway – why not kick the extra point and make them beat you with the field goal? If you know they're going to kick it anyway, why go up a point? You're still going to lose by two. They go for two. They don't get it. Mahomes does end up giving the ball back to the Raiders. The Raider defense steps up. But now they the Raiders have to go down and score to win the game, to they, they can't get this game to overtime. There's no way to get it to overtime. Had they kicked the extra point, now you're playing with house money. And the guy that would have been getting grief today is Andy Reid of the Chiefs, who is widely considered one of the best coaches ever in the NFL history. But he's not getting grief because his team won. If the Raiders get the two-point conversion, then we go back to the previous drive where Kansas City scored a touchdown, took a seven-point a seven lead, and went for two. Well, you put it out of reach, right? That's the analytics. Put it out of reach. You go up nine. The, the, the analytics sheet says if you get this two-point conversion, you're a 99% chance of winning this game. If you don't get it, you're still – a 60% chance of winning this game. I'm, okay, I'll take 60 here at home. Go up eight. You kick the extra point and you go up eight points. 
Now the Raiders have to score, and they have to make the two-point conversion just to get it to overtime. On your home field, it made no sense to me. It still makes no sense to me. And you can show me graphs and charts. You can bring an easel into the office. You can do a PowerPoint presentation. Do they do those anymore? You can have a Zoom meeting with me and explain to me in detail how the Raiders should have gone for two at the end of the game and how the Chiefs should have gone for two the drive before that. And I will still say that's incorrect. There is no human feel for the game anymore. There are guys up in the booth for every team in the NFL, every team in Major League Baseball, every team in the NBA, and all they're up there for is to tell you the win percentage you have if you do a certain thing in that moment. That's the only reason they're there. That's it. So somebody got down to Andy Reid's staff and said to somebody standing next to Andy Reid, you're up seven with under five minutes to play. If you go for, if you kick the extra point, you've got a 72% chance of winning this game because you're up eight. If you go for two, if you get it, you got a 99% chance of winning this game. And Andy Reid said, well, 99 is better than 72. Let's go for two. That's a huge mistake. I was pulling for the Raiders to get that two-point conversion at the end of the game because I wanted Andy Reid to have to answer the question after the, after the game, why did you go for two when you could have gone up eight points? If you go up eight even if they score and get two, you're the home team and you get the game to overtime. And you've got Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Yes, this is two days in a row I'm in a bad mood. Two days in a row. And I'm retired. I'm as happy as it gets. I'm going to get to watch baseball all day today. I'm going to hopefully watch the Braves lose today. No offense, Braves fans. I hope the Yankees lose today. That's monetary. I bet Cleveland to win the World Series. The guard, I'm a Guardian backer. But I watch these games now, and I'm just I'm flummoxed with some of the decisions. Brandon Staley, Chargers coach on Sunday. Chargers had a two-point lead at Cleveland with just over two minutes to go. Two-point lead. And they had fourth and one at their own 46-yard line. Cleveland had no timeouts left. Jacoby Brissett, the Browns quarterback, had just thrown an interception in the end zone when Cleveland only needed a field goal to take the lead. I don't even want to talk about what a bad decision Cleveland made by throwing the football in that situation. Then the Chargers, with the ball on their own side of the field, fourth and one with a two-point lead, go for it. Because the analytics told Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers, we get this first down, ball game. Ball game. You know what else? If you punt it down to the 20-yard line, 
Cleveland's going to have to go 80 yards in two minutes with no timeouts. They'll have to go 50 yards and kick a field goal. They ended up getting a 54-yard field goal attempt that was wide right. Or Brandon Staley is taking a beating in the media this week. Analytics, man. Analytics. Here's the number. You have to go by it. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you're the Los Angeles Chargers, you punt the ball. And you make the Browns go down the field and beat you. The Browns didn't even get a first down. And tried a 54-yard field goal. They didn't even get a first down and had a shot to win that game. Because the Chargers went for it on fourth and one through a slant pattern to Mike Williams, who was well covered and did, couldn't make the catch. Well, you know, um, we loved the play we had to uh, get the first down. Great. You loved the play. It didn't work. It didn't work. Well, I had a lot of faith in my defense. Really? Really? You had a lot of faith in your defense. The same defense that gave up 400 yards to the Browns and Jacoby Brissett, that defense, without uh, Nick Bosa, that, those guys. Those are the guys, and Derwin James, those were the guys you had faith in. I, Andy Reid, I still haven't heard why he went for two. Still don't know. But I will promise you, I will promise you, it, it's not because his gut told him to go for two. Somebody got in his ear and said, 99%, 99% if you get a two-point conversion here. He should have heard 72% if you just kick the simple extra point. Extra points are not simple anymore. I get that. It's a 35-yard kick now. It's not 25 yards anymore. Like It's a 20 yards. It used to be a 20-yard kick. Um, people would leave and go to the fridge during extra points because there was a 98.5% chance they were going to be made. That, and, and here, what am I doing now? I'm throwing analytics at you. That number is way down now because it's a 35-yard 35 35 extra point attempt. But an NFL kicker, barring a breakdown on the offensive line, should always make that. Always. Not everybody has a Carlson. The Raiders have a, one of the best kickers. Not everybody has a Justin Tucker. Ask Arizona. They brought a guy in off the street and trusted him with a 35-yard or a 45-yard field goal to win the game against the Eagles on Sunday. He missed it. Pushed it wide right. Pushed him wide right in pregame the whole time that end of the field. Nobody pays attention. Analytics are great in certain areas. They are, but they're overused. And coaches are now afraid to not use them. Coaches are scared to get in that post-game press conference and have a reporter look up and say, Coach, you know, if you kick the extra point there, 72% chance you're going to win, but you didn't. And you allowed the Raiders to come back, tie the score with an extra point, and beat you in overtime. Well, that's not what happened because the Raiders went for two as well. The Raiders said, hold my beer. Andy Reid goes for two up seven. What a dumb coaching move. 
And Josh McDaniel says, hold my beer. I'll show you dumb. We could tie the best team in our division. We are one and three on the season. We can't go to one and four. We can get this game tied and get it to overtime. And I'm going to go for two. Something the Raiders haven't been able to convert. The only team in the NFL that hasn't been able to convert in the last two years on a two-point conversion. I will take a break. Preview of all these uh, Major League Baseball postseason games coming up. A little college football and some news and notes as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports. Presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage Highline is open. Join the conversation by dialing 502-384-1450. 384-1450. Or you can text the show on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Sponsored by Thornton's. Get your text in. 414-1450. Um, Major League Baseball playoffs start today. You had to have your 26-man roster in. A couple of interesting uh, guys not on roster. Aroldis Chapman is not on the Yankee roster. And I think he knew he wasn't going to be on the Yankee roster because he missed a workout, and then the Yankees said, well, he's not going to be on the roster. So I don't know if not being on the roster was a reaction to him missing the workout or he missed the workout with the knowledge that he wasn't going to be on the roster. But in, in either case, a guy that was considered for a long time the best closer in the league and has struggled all year long, not on the Yankee roster today for this divisional series against Cleveland. And David Robertson, Robertson, one of the Phillies relievers, late-inning relievers, former closer with the Yankees, Cubs, among others, he strained his calf during the wild card round when Bryce Harper hit a homer against St. Louis David Robinson was jumping up and down and strained his calf, according to manager Rob Thompson. So he is unavailable for the division series against Atlanta. You see this all the time. Guys celebrating in an end zone or after a home run, and they're jumping up and down, and the guy tears his ACL. You see it all the time. Saw so a, kicker, a kicker do this. Phoenix Hill Richard, if he's listening, he I, I can't remember the, the kicker's name. Kicked a long field goal. Jumped up, pump fist in the air, came down, snapped, torn ACL. Out for the year. Be careful how you celebrate. All right, back to the uh, Chiefs win over the Raiders last night. Chiefs are now 4-1. Uh, Las Vegas does fall to 1-4. and four. We had another questionable, and I'm using air quotes here, questionable roughing the passer penalty. Derek Carr went back. Got hit by Chris Jones. The ball was actually taken out of Carr's hands and tucked under the arm of Chris Jones. He continued the act. He was trying to sack the quarterback. It's that simple. And he did fall on him. He braced himself with the arm he didn't have the football in to try not to land on Carr, but the 300 pounds did sort of land on on the quarterback, but if you watch it in slow motion, you can see that he's doing his best not to uh, crush the quarterback, and they throw the penalty. 
And here's a question, and the NFL has answered this question already. Troy Aikman actually brought it up after the play last night. It sh- first of all, should it have been Kansas City ball? Because before he took Carr to the ground, Chris Jones had the football, had it in, under his arm. The NFL has said, nope, that's a continuation of the play. Uh, that is not the same as a interception where the receiver gets hit after the interception. It's a 15-yard unsportsmanlike or a, um, unnecessary roughness penalty because the interception already happened. Well, the fumble had already happened here. Kansas City had the ball. But the NFL said, no, 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 still roughing the passer. According to the rules, the pl- the, that part of the play is not over yet, whereas in an interception, the ball's already changed possessions. Well, it seemed to me like the ball had changed possession, and everybody else watching. But Aikman brought up a good point last night. He said, are we going to f- eventually get to a review of roughing the passers? We saw Grady Jarrett of Atlanta bring Tom Brady of the Buccaneers down on Sunday. It was a third down play. The Falcons had fought back from a 21-0 deficit, scored 15 in the fourth quarter. They were about to get the ball back. It was a third down play, and it was a terrible call, awful call. Grady Jarrett, Arthur Smith, the coach, put his head in his hands, couldn't believe it. Nobody watching could believe it, and I understand. It's Tom Brady. He's 45. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. You have to protect these quarterbacks. I get it. This is an overcorrection, an overreaction to what happened to Tua Tonga-Vailoa. It's that simple. It's that simple. Tua should not have gone back in that game three weeks ago. Anybody that was watching that game, myself included, knew that he was challenged to even stand up. He had motor skill issues. And you don't bring him back. And they've changed the rule. You you have any sign of that, you're not coming back. But I said this. I've said it over and over again here. The Tua thing has made people overcompensate. Happens all the time in sports. Remember Calvin Johnson? What's a catch? What's not a catch? You got to complete the process. We overreacted. We overreacted. Because it was a catch in the playoffs. And the referee said, nope, didn't complete the process. Des Bryant, same thing, didn't complete the process. Those are catches. So that's why these defensive backs, when they're tackling the guy, they continue to try to knock the ball out four or five steps down the field because you might get a he didn't complete the process when he came to the ground rule. This is this is different because it's it's a, a more serious thing. It's a concussion, man. It's a it's a real thing. It's necessary to protect these players from themselves. But there is also an overprotection all of a sudden as we could have predicted of these quarterbacks. There were a couple plays last night where defensive linemen were scared to tackle the quarterback. Max Crosby defensive Uh, in for the Raiders, got to Mahomes and just kind of danced with him. Didn't let him throw the football, but wasn't about to bring him to the ground because he didn't want a penalty. Happened the other way, too. Derek Carr, 
couple guys got to him. They were both basically holding him up. We're not tackling him because we're afraid we're going to get a flag. The call last night against Carr was pretty bad. Against Chris Jones on the uh, sack of Carr was pretty bad because it would have been a turnover. It would have been Kansas City ball. It was a big play. And don't forget, it's another 15 yards as well from the original line of scrimmage. But the call Sunday against Grady Jarrett on Brady was absolutely ridiculous. It wasn't close to being roughing the passer. And and Atlanta was going to get the ball back with a chance to go down and beat the Buccaneers after trailing 21-0 going into the fourth quarter. They never got the ball back. Martine Gramatica, thank you, Texter. Martine Gramatica is the uh, former Tampa Bay Buccaneer uh, kicker who tore an ACL while celebrating a made field goal. Yikes. Yikes. (laughs) You don't see it often, but when you do, you don't forget it. I did forget his name. But Martin Gramatica. Kansas City trailed last night 17 to nothing. This is the largest regular season comeback. He's had bigger ones in the postseason for uh, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes was uh, 29 of 43, 292, four touchdowns, all to, to uh, Travis Kelsey. David Carr, uh, Derek Carr, excuse me, 19 of 30, 241, two touchdowns, both to Devontae Adams. Here's. Here's a which-would-you-rather-have night. Now, regardless of who wins the game, okay, let's just say you're going to win the game. Would you rather have seven catches for 25 yards, four of which are touchdowns, or three catches for 124 yards, two of which are touchdowns? Because that's what we had last night. Kelsey, four touchdowns, one yard, four yards, eight yards, one yard. Seven catches, 25 yards. Devontae Adams, three catches, 124, two of which were touchdowns. Long touchdowns, obviously. And then Devontae Adams pushed a cameraman as he was uh, heading off the field. He, he has apologized. Uh, heat of the moment, didn't see the guy. The guy it did look like the, the dude sort of ran in front of him as he was heading into the tunnel, cut him off. I don't think Devontae Adams was looking for him or trying, wanting to hit somebody. I think the guy stepped in front of him. He just kind of pushed him. Guy goes down, has to have medical treatment. I think he was actually taken to the hospital. He has filed a uh, police report against Devontae Adams. Oh, man. Bill Gramatica tears his ACL celebrating a field goal. Oh, I would love to know. 42-yard field goal for the Cardinals. Okay, so I'm it, – it's Martin Gramatica's brother, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm going to have to do some research tonight, and uh, I will give you a full update tomorrow on the Gramatica situation. All right, playoffs start here in about uh, 30 minutes. They continue, I should say. The divisional series start in 30 minutes. We begin with Philadelphia and Atlanta. In Atlanta, the the Braves are big favorites here. Phillies were the sixth seed. They weren't supposed to beat the Cardinals, but they did. Um, I like this Phillies team. You're going to see a good pitcher today that you've never heard of for Philadelphia, Ranger Suarez, 
Atlanta will go with Mike's Max Freed. Uh, Suarez is ten and seven, three sixty five earn run average. Freed is fourteen and seven with a two forty eight, one oh seven on Fox today. Atlanta minus two oh five to win this game. Philadelphia is plus one seventy. I'm going to take the Phillies here in game one. Ranger Suarez. You're going to have one of these series, and I don't know which one it's going to be. One of these teams today, whether it's Atlanta, the Dodgers, Houston, or New York Yankees, is going to lose today. I don't know which one. I'm going to to take Philly. I'm going to say Philly's the one that loses today. Somebody's going to lose today, and you go, "Uh uh-oh, because it happens every year. happens every year. I think Ranger Suarez is good. He's a good pitcher. Max Fried's a really good pitcher. This happens sometimes. These four home teams today, they've had a week off. They've had a week off. They've had six days off. And these other teams, starting with the Phillies, they've been playing playoff baseball here. They're fighting for their lives every day, and and this continues. They just played Saturday. Atlanta won the season series 11-8, to so closer than you think, right? Closer than you think. I'll take Philly to win game one. Atlanta's going to win this series. All right? Let's make no mistake about it. I'm wrong about that. I'm wrong about a lot of things. But I'll take the Phillies today on a lark. On a lark. The uh, National League continues late night tonight. San Diego and the Dodgers in L.A. 9.37 for your late night viewing on FS1. Dodgers are minus 225 today. San Diego's plus 185. Mike Clevenger for the Padres, 7-7, seven and seven, 433. Jose Arias for the Dodgers, 17-7 this year with a 216 ERA. So pitching matchup says go Dodgers here. Dodgers won the season series 14-5. The Dodgers are the kryptonite for the Padres. But the Padres have to be coming in with some confidence here because they went into New York and they just took care of the Mets. And by the way, Mets, I don't understand why. I I mean, I kind of do. It's your last game of the year. You're down four to nothing. You bring in Edwin Diaz and Tommy Trumpet plays. What are we doing? What are we doing? Nobody that was at that game that was a Mets fan wanted to hear the Tommy Trumpet walk-up music for Edwin Diaz. He's not walking in to save the game there. He's walking in to try to salvage a 4-0 lead or or a deficit, which he couldn't do, by the way. Mets won 101 games, and this is going to be considered a failure of a year because you got DeGrom, you got Scherzer, Chris Bassett, great pitching staff, Diaz at the end, Pete Alonzo, Francisco Lindor. You got the leading hitter in the National League and Jeff McNeil. You blow a lead against the Braves down the stretch. You can look at that series in Atlanta where the Mets went in and got swept and say, oh, yeah, don't do win one game there. Win one game. Couldn't do it. I go back a week earlier. When the Cubs went into New York and beat the Mets three in a row, that's when you should have said, yep, that's this not going to happen for this team. And Buck Showalter comes out on, on Sunday night claiming that Joe Musgrove is using a foreign substance and you got an umpire out there playing with his ears. 
What's it? What's it? Why are his ears so shiny? Got to be cheating. And if you're going to accuse him of cheating, don't do it in the sixth inning. Do it in the first inning or the second inning. The Mets got one hit Sunday night. One. Are the Mets done? Because they may have to break up the band here. They got a lot of free agents. A lot of guys might not be back, including Jacob DeGrom. But anyway, San Diego won that series. They they did have to play Sunday. So short turnaround here. I'm going to take the Dodgers tonight. Obviously, uh, they're the Dodgers. They're the Dodgers. Right? I had them in the World Series at the beginning of the year. I'm not going to shy away from that. Although the Braves might be playing better than everybody else right now, I'm going to stick with it. There's a lot of talent out in Chavez Ravine. All right, we'll take a break. American League preview coming up. Talk a little college football as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio, final segment. Uh oh, look out. Tommy Trumpet. Edwin Diaz must be coming in. Oh, oh mess. Edwin Diaz coming in to do the final segment of the show. But at least I'm winning. Can't come in when you're losing. Got to come in when you're winning. Uh, Eminem Cardage Hotline still open, 384-1450. Last chance to join in on the conversation. Thornton's text line, same thing with your text. Get it into the show here, 502-414-1450. Oh, good gravy. Tommy Trumpet. It never gets old. That's not true. It's already gotten old. Who are we kidding? Texture says, uh, seems like the Dodgers got a raw deal. Best record should play the lowest seed. I agree. I didn't understand this. Philadelphia was the sixth seed in a 16 playoff here. The Dodgers are the one seed. I don't understand it. The Phillies should be playing the Dodgers. The Braves should be playing the Padres. The Braves should be playing whoever won that Padres-Mets game because that was the 4-5 matchup. As long as the Phillies, after the Phillies had eliminated St. Louis, who was the three seed, they're the six, they should be going to L.A. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. uh, It seems logical. Ah, Simple logic. It escapes me. But the Dodgers will play San Diego 9-37 tonight, first pitch in L.A. All right, American League. Uh, the early game today, 337 Seattle at Houston. The uh, Mariners are a feel-good story. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2001. Uh, Logan Gilbert gets the uh, trip on the mound today. Remember, they had to use Robbie Ray, the last year's Cy Young Award winner, and Louis Castillo, the former Red, to uh, win their first-round series against Toronto, their wild-card series. So Logan Gilbert, who's really good, 13-6. 320 earn run average against Justin Verlander. Verlander should win the Cy Young. He's seven, he's 18 and four, 
with a 175 earned run average. He's also in his 40s, by the way. I don't know what it is about these guys, Brady, Verlander. They just keep doing it at a high level. Houston is minus 225 to win this game today. Seattle's plus 185. I do think Houston is the best team in the American League. They are the number one seed. Um, it, it is difficult to see a path where they don't get to the World Series. They've owned the Yankees, right? You, you certainly anticipate them taking care of Seattle, and if they have to, Cleveland. But Houston, to me, should be the biggest favorite to reach the World Series because over the National League, you got Atlanta and the Dodgers. I mean, we're splitting hairs here, right? Dodgers have the best record in the National League. Braves are playing the best baseball in the National League. They won it all last year. And when you look at the American League, Houston's got 106 wins. Does anybody know that? And do we still hate the Astros? It's It's been a while since they cheated. They've been to two playoffs since they cheated. Without cheating, at least we assume they're not cheating anymore. And everybody likes Dusty Baker. Who doesn't pull for Dusty Baker? You can pull against Altuve, and you can play. Look, Correa's gone. Springer's gone. A lot of these guys are no longer with the team. Uh, but they're, they still won 106 games. Great pitching. Good hitting. They know how to win. And I pull for Dusty Baker to eventually get a World Series title. I hoped it wouldn't have to be in Houston, but if it is, it is. Houston won the season series 12 games to seven. They were they had six wins apiece, but Houston won six of the last seven against Seattle. Um, I could see this being a sweep, except that Castillo and Robbie Ray are so good. I expect one of those guys to steal one of the games somewhere along the line, probably in Seattle. It seems like a mismatch. Now, I saw Mad Dog Russo, Chris Russo from the MLB Network today. He picked Seattle to go to the World Series. That's a leap. That's a big leap. I, look, my long shot's Cleveland, and I said it before the wild card. I like the, the Guardians here. Because they do play small ball. They play a different brand of baseball. They don't strike out. They run the bases. And they have really good pitching. So I think the Guardians are capable. Seattle, it's a, it's a feel-good story. But I, I just don't think they have the hitting to get it done. American League tonight, 737 primetime game. Of course the Yankees are on in primetime. Why wouldn't they be? It's Aaron Judge and the Yankees. They'll host Cleveland. Cal Quantrill will pitch for the Guardians, 15-5 and five of the 338 ERA. Garrett Cole, the $42 million a year pitcher, will go for the Yankees, 13-8 and eight with a 350 ERA. He's not the best pitcher on the Yankees. Nestor Cortez, all year long, has been the best Yankee starter. But when you pay a guy $42 million, this is why you pay him $42 million to start game one of a playoff series and win game one of a playoff series. That's why he gets the big bucks. You can't throw Nestor Cortez out there. I don't care how good he was. You can't do it. 
Uh, Yankees are minus 220, Cleveland plus 180 in tonight's matchup. I'll, I'll take the Yankees here. Garrett Cole, really, really good. Um, I like McKenzie, the starting pitcher. He started uh, Saturday for Cleveland. Shane Bieber, he's really good. He started game one uh, for Cleveland in the divisional series, in the uh, wild card round. Those two guys are solid. Quantrill's good, but uh, going against Garrett Cole, I got to go Yankees tonight. Yankees won the season series five games to one. Uh, but Cleveland, keep this in mind. The last 32 games, Cleveland is 26 and six. They are just going out and winning baseball games. And when a team is on a streak like that, I think Crash Davis said it best don't blank with a winning streak, right? Don't mess with a winning streak. If you're hot, if you believe you're hot because you're wearing women's underwear, then you are. Cleveland's my long shot. And I and look, I, I put a little green on them. I'm going to give you another long shot here in a little bit, by the way. Texter says, Cole may not be the best pitcher, but he's the toughest competitor. Yeah, when he was with Pittsburgh even. Remember when he took Pittsburgh to the wild card game against the Cubs? Garrett Cole is a nasty dude. He wants to win as bad as anybody. He does. He wants to win, man. He is a tough, tough, tough as nails guy. And Nestor Cortez is a guy that hasn't been there before. So, and like I said, you're paying a guy $42 million, This is why. Go out there, give us seven strong innings in game one. Let's let's uh, own this first game. That's his job tonight. The Yankee lineup doesn't scare me after Aaron Judge. And here's the question. Will Cleveland pitch to Aaron Judge? And will he continue to be the leadoff hitter for Aaron Boone? Because if he's the leadoff hitter, he's not getting a strike in that first at bat. I don't care if I walk him. I couldn't care less. He's not hitting it over the right field porch The uh, that's, uh, what, 110 feet away? He's not hitting that home run in the first inning. He's not getting his team and the, and the Yankee crowd off to a rousing start with a bomb in the first inning. And then, of course, it depends on how the game's going, whether I pitch to him later in the game. But as far as I'm concerned, he's not going to beat me at the plate. Anthony Rizzo has struggled of late. If he beats me, he beats me. Stanton, if he beats me with my best stuff, he beats me. The other guys don't scare me. Josh Donaldson can't hit. Aaron Hicks, Glaber Torres, all these other guys I've never heard of, Kyle Higashioka. I'm not scared of any of these guys. I'm scared of number 99. I'm not pitching to him. Red Sox didn't pitch to him. He didn't hurt him. So tonight I'll take Philadelphia. Today I'll take Philadelphia and the Dodgers to win the National League games. Houston and the Yankees. I know that's chalky, but they've got Verlander and Cole. They're going to win these first two American League games. All right, some news and notes here. Uh, Dustin Johnson has already made $30 million on the Live Golf Tour. This thing's here to stay, folks. It's here to stay. Because 
Saudi money, whether it's blood money or not, it doesn't run out. It's oil money. It's not going anywhere. And they are going to keep paying. And Greg Norman wants to embarrass the PGA Tour. He wants to put them out of business. Hideki Matsuyama, the great uh, Japanese golfer, said yesterday he doesn't understand why live golfers don't get points in the official world golf rankings, and he thinks they should. Bryson DeChambeau, who's on the live tour, came out and said, look, the world golf rankings are, are just – they're." following the PGA and they're trying to put us in our place and it's not fair and people are going to figure out when all the lies are revealed, whatever that means. Live Golf's here to stay. They're going to get a TV deal that's not YouTube at some point. And it's probably going to be with Fox. They're going to get a deal to televise Live Golf on Fox or on FS1, one of the Fox networks. Maybe FS2. Do you have FS2? I do. $30 million Dustin Johnson has made. He hasn't been on, the, on that tour for, what, six months? Eight months? How many tournaments is he, how many, how many of those uh, exhibition tournaments has he played in? Seven? Six? His appearance fee, just to sign on, was huge. And now he's already made $30 million playing golf. Incredible. All right, you know who the new favorite to win college football's national championship is? Ohio State, they're 2-1. to one. They've scored over 45 points for five straight games. They're the first Big Ten team to ever do that. C.J. Stroud is the leading candidate for Heisman Trophy, and the Buckeyes are rolling people. And the way Michigan has played the last two weeks, it makes sense that Ohio State is the favorite here. Because here's what's going to happen. The way we think is there are three – conventional wisdom is there are three teams that have a chance here, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. If Ohio State's number one by the end of the year, if they're the top seed, they're going to get to play that fourth seed, whether it's Clemson, Michigan, whoever. They're going to get to play that fourth seed in the uh, college football playoffs. That's why they're 2-1. to one. Clemson – or it's not Clemson. Georgia and Alabama are 220. Here's my long shot. I bet them today. Tennessee. Tennessee is 40 to 1 to win the national championship. They got Alabama this weekend in Knoxville. I'm just saying. See you tomorrow. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.